BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome into the early line Friday, a football Friday edition, a holiday edition here on the Sports Grid Network Series XM Channel 159. Donnie Wrightside here will be joined shortly here by Kevin Walsh and a lot to go over over the next two hours. Why? We got to set you up for the weekend and what a weekend it will be. Sure, Christmas Eve, Christmas, all factors in the bowl season. How about that? But also a full slate of NFL games on Saturday, and then another three games on Sunday. But also, over the next two hours, did you know? Of course you did. Christmas Day in the NBA is a massive deal, and we'll certainly be able to go over that as well. Let's not waste any time. Thursday night football was on the docket, a de facto playoff game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets. And if anybody is watching any weather conditions out there, the chill is moving across the country. But it didn't get here yet last night, but the rain did arrive. So the question many people had in this football game was actually who was going to benefit from the rain and the wind. I'm not even saying the Jacksonville Jaguars benefited on offense, even though I thought they were the better team that could handle those type of conditions. The one thing that we do know from a Jets perspective is what? Zach Wilson is not an accurate passer. End of statistics yesterday for Zach Wilson, 9 of 18, 92 yards. No touchdown passes, one interception, a passer rating of 41.9, but even better, a QBR of 5.2. And he was actually benched in this game for Chris Streveler, who actually moved the football, but didn't put up any points at that point. But a fact, the Jets' only points in this football game came right away on a strip sack fumble from Queen and Williams, which gave the field goal a 3-0 lead for the New York Jets. Now, let's get into this game overall, because if you watched yesterday on the early line, Kevin and I just given out winners yesterday. Anytime touchdown prop here. How about the quarterbacks I told you to take? Ah, throw a little bit down on Zach Wilson. Yeah, he didn't get a touchdown here, but you know who did? Trevor Lawrence, when a quarterback sneak plus 500 comes in the door. But the bigger picture yesterday, as I started off by saying, who was actually going to make the playoffs? The Jaguars now sit at 7-8. and eight. So do the New York Jets. And it looks like the only pathway to victory here to make it in could possibly be beating the Tennessee Titans in the final game of the season. Or actually, do we even need that now for those Jaguars? But it's a season in peril right now for the New York Jets because we could take a look at the statistics and a 19-3 to final and where did the Jets go on from here. But I think it's finally clear. And Kevin brought this up so many times also. 
You're looking at Zach Wilson, which I, I love the fact that he's actually getting to play football and prove a point to many people who were doubting him after he got benched. I actually wasn't one of those people saying, you know what? He still has to get a chance here. Let him play against some bad football teams rack up some statistics, and possibly be able to make a playoff run because then you would feel like, hey, you know what? We didn't waste the number two overall draft pick here on a quarterback, and now just two years later, we got to go back into the draft or make a move in free agency or a trade to try to pick up our franchise quarterback. But I think it's getting pretty apparent now. He did have a winning record and still does have a winning record, talking about Zach Wilson. But last night, and I understand the conditions here, we weren't going to benefit Zach Wilson, where Trevor Lawrence was a little bit mobile. Trevor Lawrence actually had seven carries for 51 yards, easily going over his rushing prop of 13 and a half. But let's focus on the Jets and Zach Wilson and what we didn't get. We knew he was a passer that was struggling with accuracy, as we said, nine of 18 last night. But in a game like that, and you know me, you've heard me talk so many times, guys. Thursday night football in your own building is one of the biggest advantages in sport. And you couldn't take advantage of it at all. And the stakes were extremely high for the Jets. And just a few short weeks ago, we looked like they were going to be on the inside, not the outside, looking out at the playoffs. As we welcome in the radio audience here on a festive football Friday on the Sports Grid Network, Series XM Channel 159. It's Donnie and Kevin here. And again, over the next two hours, we got a lot of topics to get to, but we're touching on the Thursday night football game. Just an all-around disappointing performance, and it seems like so Jets over the past 20 years, right? You're finally getting a football team playing good football. They're buying into Mike White, even though they're not winning football games, and then you wind up now with a 7-8 and eight record, and again, a season in peril, and where do you go from here? If we're looking at some positives here, maybe it was Chris Strebler where you could have found yourself a... I don't know, a Taysom Hill type player because he came in for Zach Wilson, 10 of 15 through the air, 90 yards, a passer rating of 82.6, but also actually was their leading rusher with nine carries and 54 yards. But also taking a look from a Jacksonville Jaguars perspective here, a 19 to three victory that puts them in the driver's seat now. And if you're taking a look at odds, I believe that the FanDuel Sportsbook posted up as a minus 195 favorite now to win the AFC South and rightfully so. Kevin was on this football team early in the season. Now, the results weren't helping them out. It looks like it was going to be a wasted year under Doug Peterson. But he's got them calm. The water's out there, feisty all year long. Oh, no, Doug Peterson can't get the best out of Trevor Lawrence. Look at the way he's playing. And also, coming into this game questionable with a bad toe last week as well. What a performance to come back from 17 down against the Dallas Cowboys. And what a performance last night to handle those conditions, unlike Zach Wilson. And if we remember, just a year ago, folks, they went number one and number two in the draft. Well, it's pretty apparent having the number one overall pick looks like that's going to be much better for the Jacksonville Jaguars than what you're getting with the number two overall pick in Zach Wilson, who might not even be a New York Jet come next year. Robert Sal, it's hard to paint a picture because you do have a very good defense. But if you get absolutely nothing out of the offense, what is the upside here on the Jets? And the Jets moving forward, can they even still get into the playoffs? But I think the bigger focus has to be on the Jacksonville Jaguars now with a legitimate shot at taking down the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South. And we'll see how that moves forward. Because as we talked many a times, week 18, it's set up for a Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans, absolute showdown here. Let's get into the weekend. Let's keep it festive right here on the grid. It's Donnie Kevin in the morning. Make sure you stay tuned. Eagles, Cowboys, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo, right back at it here on the early line, Sirius XM channel 159 on the Sports Grid Network. It's Donnie and Kevin. A little bit of technical difficulties there live from the studio. But look, it's festive. We're festive here today. We roll with the punches, and it is a football Friday here on the grid, and we're certainly going to deliver that for you. Now, if we're looking at the weekend games here, Saturday slate is full. It is Christmas Eve. And if we're taking a look at how many games there, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, over 10 games on Saturday, starting off at 1 o'clock, all the way through the 4 o'clock games, and then also the night game, which is actually the Vegas Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But let's focus at 425 p.m. because this is one of those games that we've talked about so many times, Kevin, where you had all the Mm -hmm. eyeballs on this one game, maybe one of the most watched games in NFL regular season history. But I have to tell you, a little bit of luster has been knocked off, not because Jalen Hurts went down with an injury, I feel, but because the Jacksonville Jaguars were able to pull that upset on the Dallas Cowboys, which took away the, hey, if Dallas beats Jacksonville, then beats the Eagles, a legitimate chance that they can be the number one overall seed. If the Eagles falter down the stretch, they might even be able to take over possibly the number one overall seed, depending on what Minnesota does. I'm going to ask you this question before we break down this football game. Is any luster lost in this game for you? Of course there is. Jalen Hurts versus Micah Parsons had become a legitimate storyline. And Jalen Hurts was the favorite for the MVP. So I'm not really sure how anyone could say there is not luster taken off of this football game. It's now one where if Dallas wins, they're going to be able to, you know, enjoy the same exact praise that the Eagles got for beating Dallas earlier in the year, which is none because they beat a backup quarterback. If they beat the Eagles into submission here. It'll just be a ringing endorsement of the importance of Jalen Hurts. Hardly going to be, well, then again, I don't know. A lot of people don't like the Eagles, so maybe they'll pretend like it's the same and crown the Cowboys the best team in football, even if they're playing against Gardner Minshew. But yeah, I don't know how anyone could see this as not a game that has lost its luster, Donnie. But how about this, though, Kevin? I mean, I'm not saying it's me, but there's a lot of people on Twitter saying they really weren't high on this game. Then they saw Gardner Minshew as the starting quarterback, and it reels them right back in here. But if we're taking a look at the game overall itself, Kevin, this line has been all over the place. Opened up at the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Dallas Cowboys, as a minus one-point favorite. 
Then on Monday, mid-afternoon, something was clearly wrong as that line went to minus two, two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, even as high as six. Now, also, I'll tell you what was interesting here as well. Throughout the week, you saw Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts at the podium saying, hey, man, don't rule me out. Don't rule me out for Saturday. Like, if I can get there, I'll be there. That line drops to four. Gardner Minshew yesterday, basically the de facto starter. Look, Jalen Hurts isn't going to be the quarterback. Back up to five and a half. But now we look at the FanDuel Sportsbook, Kevin, right now, and we're back to minus four here. What is this line doing? Where has it been going all week? And what are your thoughts on now that it looks like it's going to settle around that four range after a few buybacks? Gardner Minshew getting a lot more respect out here than maybe some would have thought it looks like. Yeah, which is a huge mistake, and I think the right spot here is <laughs> Dallas, and I expect this game to be Dallas by a ton, quite frankly. The Dallas Cowboys no, just went don't. to Jacksonville. and Yes, I do. No, I, no, I do. Because I know part of you still wishes that the franchise quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles was Gardner Minshew, but it's Jalen Hurts, the who's, been, who's the MVP favorite before leaving. The Dallas Cowboys are at home, and it's a four-point line. So if it was Cowboys-Eagles on a neutral, we're looking at a near pick'em situation with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Stop this. No, it's not. Again, they just went to Jacksonville and laid four. They're now home against Gardner Minshew, the former Jaguars quarterback, and laying four? The Dallas Cowboys basically score 27 points every single game that they play. If you like the Eagles to cover the four to pull off an upset, then you have to fully believe in your heart, not about Gardner Minshew, not about Dak Prescott, that this Cowboys defense is cooked beyond repair. And maybe it is. Maybe Micah Parsons will never win that DPOI. Maybe the secondary is too banged up. But I have my reservations that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be able to score enough points here in Dallas to hang against the Cowboys. It's it, it, the look I understand. I don't, I don't think the Eagles are going to get bounced in this game, meaning that we're going to be looking at, at you know, halftime. Well, what did you think was going to happen in this game? And, you know, this team can't compete with it because I do think that you're going to get an honest performance out of Gardner Minshew, who has been an NFL starter in the past. And he also has, as we said, the best offensive line in football. Dallas Goddard's activated off the IR, fantastic wide receivers, and a pretty good scheme coming from Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen at this point. But I do think it's interesting here, Kevin, because if you can flip it over, forget about the game itself, right? Whether you think the Cowboys win or the Eagles will win. We've seen so many times with Jalen Hurts at quarterback, the Eagles rushing props are astronomical because you can also guarantee like Jalen Hurts will score a touchdown, which then again opens up for Miles Sanders and Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell, where that read option is going to be there the entire game. The read option will still be there, Kevin, but nobody's buying Gardner Minshew as running 15 times for 76 yards and two scores. If I'm asking your opinion today on the Eagles' offense, who is going to benefit from Jalen Hurts being out? Because I myself think the passing game still will be fine. And if I'm looking at like maybe the anytime touchdown scorers market, I'm really looking at tight end and wide receiver when typically, Kevin, I'm looking yeah. to see. Murray, we don't go. All right, so, so who benefits from this? Oh, uh, well, well, that's not great, right? Now, maybe they'll have a favorite target, but you have nothing to base that off of with Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew's never played with A.J. Brown before. So that throws everything in disarray. Plus, Devonta Smith is another season better. It's Dallas Goddard's return game. So how do you factor that in as well? It's close to impossible. I know you're a Gardner Minshew believer. You yesterday called him, or two days ago, the best backup quarterback in the league yes. by a lot. That's I don't even know if you thought about that. I'll just simply tell you I disagree comfortably that he is not the best quarterback 
a backup quarterback in football. And I think you might be stunned at where he would land if most people had to sit down and rank well, who backup quarterbacks in the league. Who 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 is your best backup here? Is it Nick Foles, who's going to come in on a wheelchair and try I to mean, play against the Colts? Who's your backup quarterback out here? Desmond I Ritter? mean, first of all, Nick, Nick Foles uh, is a third string, and we would still be taking Nick Foles gladly over Gardner Minshew, and that is regardless <laughs> of the age that Nick Foles would be. But I will, I will tell you this right now. Coming into the season, you would have heard plenty of Teddy Bridgewater love. Andy Dalton was a backup quarterback. The seven different guys that the Niners have run out there. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, but that's hardly the point. That's just kind of where we sit here as we enter this game. You're a Gardner Minshew guy through and through. I do want to sneak this other game in. It involves the NFC East, and we could factor it into the NFC wildcard picture. But it's the Niners and the Commanders. But it's more so from the Niners' angle. Because people or the odds makers have flirted with the Niners and the Eagles numbers. And then the Jimmy Garoppolo injury happened and all of those pulled back. We Again, we can focus on the game in just a moment here, DRS. But the Eagles are plus 165, Niners plus 250, Cowboys plus 450. Depending on how these results hold here. Is there a world we could be talking about the Niners as favorites in the NFC after a week of football? I, I still don't think so. I, I don't because I, how much are you taking out of? Because I think the Eagles are playing with house money this weekend, and rightfully so. Final three games of the season, they got to win one game to be the top overall seed. So if you see a game, let's just say, on Saturday, and it's 35-24 Dallas Cowboys, but Jalen Hurts didn't play, are we going to knock the Eagles for that, knowing that Jalen Hurts is coming back? I don't see it there. Regardless of what happens in this game, I still do think the Eagles would be a comfortable lead here for the NFC. I think they should be, though I, I do think quite often the books seem tempted to move after, or, or whether it's just people betting, whatever it might be. But it feels like we have movement at the end of every single week. So I, I can only anticipate a similar thing here this week. I, I think one interesting team in terms of where their price is is actually the Vikings at 10-1. to 1 who are still not technically eliminated from being the one seed. Now, they won't be the one seed. It's just at some point, does the book say, eh, do we have to move them a little bit? Probably depends on their game against the Giants. We'll break that down next right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A lot to get to here still covering week 16 in the National Football League. Taking a look at the NFC wildcard race. Let's go off of the Commanders-Niners game that we just referenced here. A, a very, very important game for Washington to see if they can strike the upset. It's a long week here for the Niners who last played on Thursday night against the Seattle Seahawks. They did clinch the NFC West. So if there was ever time for a look past spot it is likely this game here for san francisco they certainly could still find themselves climbing up the ladder here within this conference overall perhaps seeing themselves as the number two seed uh, i see no world and in fact it is not possible for them to fall back to the fourth seed we are getting i guess a bit uh, closer to the niners uh, as we i feel like we're talking about a number of nfc teams not needing anything in week 18 but i'm Sure, you'll get a decent effort here from San Fran. Commanders trying to hold on to right now the seventh spot in the NFC. It's a touchdown line here in the Bay. What do you see? Yeah, they're going to have a tough time scoring. Talking about the Washington Commanders, Kevin, the FanDuel Sportsbook posting a 15-and-a-half team total for the Commanders. That lets you know a lot. And Granted, the Commanders do have some talent on offense, but it seems like when talent goes up against that San Francisco 49ers healthy pass rush, you're not going to move the football all that much. So I do think Purdy is going to do just enough. They'll lean on McCaffrey. Also, some interesting circumstances surrounding this game, Kevin. Do you remember we go back to the Thursday night football game against the Seahawks? I had a Mason rushing prop in that over 29-and-a-half yards. Man, hey, man, we were told just a few short weeks ago that the goal of the San Francisco 49ers is have a split backfield with Christian McCaffrey, and that blew up on the Thursday night. Now, granted, a 55-yard run to end the game cashed all those Mason props, but looking at it this week, why is it important? Well, you probably figure that Christian McCaffrey would get a breather. May not be the case. Mason came down with a hamstring injury this week and is now questionable for the football game. So I think we're going to be looking at another 30-plus touch game for Christian McCaffrey. And we talk about and equate it to basketball, where the Los Angeles Lakers play so many minutes with their aging superstar, at least one aging superstar. It's not going to be a good thing. We know Christian McCaffrey, Kevin, is injury-prone. Are we going to see another 30-plus touch game out of McCaffrey back-to-back when you know you're going to really need this guy for the playoffs? I don't think so, actually. And I would caution against any Christian McCaffrey props from now until season's end. Because really, this game in the in the big picture doesn't mean anything for the Niners. Does it, Donnie? Should, no, hold on. Because you didn't yeah. think they were going to run CMC out there 30 times in the game against yes. Seattle. And that was with the yes. division on the line. Now you think they're going to run him out there 30 times against Washington with the division locked up? Well, I mean, you could still overtake the number two seed, and you still have a few weeks left to go in the season, and there are no running backs basically left for the 49ers. It's like Derrick Henry for the Titans right now. Who else can run? Most people can't even name another yeah. running back on the 49ers roster at this point. Look, I've told you, I don't trust Kyle Shanahan, so I can't tell you that he is smart enough to not do that. I can tell you with confidence that that is a very bad idea to just have Christian McCaffrey run the football nearly 30 times a game from now until we get to the playoffs. We'll see if that's what he's tempted to do. But I think this is a nice spot to back the commanders here. Uh, Taylor Heineke was covering every single game he played. And then where did this all go wrong? Well, we started laying numbers a little too comfortably with Taylor Heineke in division games. 
but he's covered every game that he's that he's been able to catch points. Closing number against Minnesota was a push at worst. I know the Niners have now been able to do well with Brock Purdy under center, but Miami, right? Ooh, that's a tough, that was a big step up spot, right? Everyone was very very excited for that game, a lot of anticipation. Tom Brady comes into your building. Okay, now that's a huge game. Then you're playing a Thursday night primetime spot against Seattle. Division clincher on the line. You get that done. This is a big-time look-ahead spot here, I think, for the Niners. To catch seven points, I think, is a nice opportunity. And I think that's exactly the way I'll play it here, uh, even though they're on the road against what is possibly the best defense in football. Another game involving a top team in the NFC, record-wise, and a wild-card team from the conference is Vikings-Giants. Minnesota, a three-and-a-half-point favorite, coming off of their comeback victory against the Colts, the largest in the history of the National Football League. Total for this one is 47-and-a-half. Kirk Cousins versus Daniel Jones. What do we see here with Minnesota and New York? I think it's going to be an interesting game overall, but if anybody's following, I guess, the financial markets with FTX and the fraud that they are putting forward here, and rightfully so, you're looking at the two FTXs here, Kevin, of the NFL, the Giants and the Minnesota Vikings. Two biggest frauds you can find. The Giants, who have no idea how many wins they have other than Brian Dable and Saquon Barkley, I said for weeks here, and also the Minnesota Vikings, who win every single game in ridiculous, crazy style here. What would their real record be if some things just broke average for the Minnesota Vikings? But having said that, I can't go against the Vikings right now. Trying to hang on to that number two overall seed, which is going to be big, to try to fight off the 49ers, whoever might be a challenger there. It doesn't look like it's probably going to be the Dallas Cowboys, so maybe just a one-off at that spot here. You're going to lean heavily on Saquon Barkley. That's the props I would look at in this environment. But for me, it is pretty simple. Like, the Giants do play close games, and that's because of their head coaching staff is phenomenal with Dable and also the defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. They've done an absolutely amazing job with barely any talent. Maybe, the, as I said, the least talented roster in the NFL. If I'm going up head-to-head here, I don't think the Minnesota Vikings have a very good defense. But then again, the Giants' offense isn't very good either. I know I have a lot of talent on the Vikings. The only thing I look at this game and say, is there a letdown from that ridiculous win that they just had against the Colts? I don't think so. If that line is three and a half here, the Giants are going to have to win this football game. I don't think they can. Even though Minnesota does play close games, I can't take the Giants. I can't say I can win this game with 17 points. I won't do it. There is a lot of stubbornness to come off of the game that Minnesota just played and say, if I think Minnesota's going to win, it has to be by four. When they literally mm-hmm. just won a game with a field goal. And they've been doing it all year. Minnesota, all year long, has won a game without covering. So just to, again, emphasize this, the Vikings and their fantastic 11-3 and straight-up record are 6-7-1 and against the spread. The pitiful Giants, right, awful New York, are 10-4 and four against the spread. This has been going on all, all year long. This game screams Vikings by a field goal, a random two-point conversion. That's what we've seen. But I actually also think the Giants are live in this football game here to pull off the outright upset. Because how, is, how are you not emotionally drained from the largest comeback in the history of the league? How does that not take a lot out of you? After the week following, how am I supposed to trust the Minnesota Vikings? Do the, do the Vikings now think to themselves, we don't have to try until the second half and they spot the Giants a 14 point lead here in this football game? I, I have been given no reason ever to trust the Minnesota Vikings. They give a, on a week-to-week basis, DRS. They do nothing to suggest that we should be willing to lay points with that football team. 
Now, it's, it's a good point you bring up, but also, can you look at the opposite end of the spectrum? Is this a springboard game for the Vikings saying, hey, guys, we let one get away last week or almost let one get away. We need the biggest comeback of all time. Can we use that as a rallying point? Now, granted, you would look at the Minnesota Vikings, as we said, they play every single game, it seems like, close. But if I'm looking at moving forward, I think this is a pretty good spot for the Minnesota Vikings because they're playing a below-average defense, bottom five in the NFL. That offense can cook, and they're coming in healthy. Justin Jefferson should go crazy in this game. Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, they all should have open lanes to run the football. And I'm just not so sure that outside of Brian Dable going, hey, guys, let's get the luck meter up here. Let's get a couple fumbles. Let's get a couple interceptions. Let's hold on for dear life and win the game, which they've been doing. I just look at the talent discrepancy in this game going, I'm going to take Minnesota. If I don't think the Giants are going to win the game, I'm not going to say, okay, give me the Giants with three and a half points. I can't do that. I Again, I'm not saying that the Giants are everybody's favorite team to back. They are. They do have the second-best cover percentage in football. They're actually tied with the Detroit Lions, who are in action once again against the Carolina Panthers, and they are a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Carolina. Total for this one is 43-and-a-half. The total's a bit tempting, but I think this is actually a spot to just try to come in and back Carolina. Trust that this defense can find the level that they lost last week against Pittsburgh early in that football game. But it was a great spot to back the Steelers. Because whenever you get Mike Tomlin as an underdog this deep into the season, especially going up against a Sam Darnold, you have to like your chances. I know Detroit has been excellent. I'm not telling you that Detroit doesn't deserve to lay this two-and-a-half number on the road that they are. Seven consecutive games covered. The only loss by three to the Buffalo Bills. It has been well documented. It has been well earned. I think they are, I don't even think like there's a debate right now. They're a top five team in the conference and you could argue a bit higher. That is how good the Detroit Lions are playing right now. But the Panthers are four and one against the spread as a home underdog this season. This is a second consecutive road game for the Detroit Lions. We're outside once again. Weather around the National Football League is absolutely insane. Even though 27 degrees, which is what we're seeing for this game here, might feel like South Beach compared to some of the other spots in the league. But I think this is a spot to grab two and a half points with Carolina here and see if they can strike off uh, this mini upset. Yeah, if we're looking overall, and the FanDuel Sportsbook does give us statistics here, this line, Kevin, opened up at a minus two and a half point favorite towards the Detroit Lions. Today, it still sits at minus two and a half. However, look at the betting statistics here. Percentage of bets on the Detroit Lions, 89%. Percentage of money on the Detroit Lions, 89%. So roughly nine out of every ticket's pounding through the door at the FanDuel Sportsbook, and that line is not moving. That's one of those lines where we scratch our head and be like, hey, what actually gives here? Why does this line make some sense? Because right now, that line should be on the move, and it's staying under a field goal, which is a massive number for these two teams. It, it is it is a big... If it gets to three, I agree. You're going to see a lot of Carolina. I think there's going to be a lot of buyback, but it's... And it might come, just using, again, the numbers available on the FanDuel, little drop-down stats tab, 89% of money on Detroit, 89% of spread bets on Detroit. Perhaps this number could push enough, and then all of a sudden you grab a field goal, and it could make a difference. People are loving the Detroit line. I'll tell you this. Vikings-Lions is going to be a 12-win team against a 10-win Lions, and the Lions are going to be favored in Minnesota. It'll be hilarious. I cannot wait. We'll be right back. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Calming presence as we enter the show here. It is a Christmas special for all on the early line. A lot of Christmas activities over the weekend. You can catch myself at a Mike Blewett actually tomorrow morning doing a Saturday edition of Pro Football Today. We'll set you through all the weekend games. And then Sunday morning, it'll be myself and Coach James Young giving you a special Christmas edition of Betting Above the Rim, which we are very, very excited to deliver the people there. Donnie, I am sure you are very, very busy working throughout the weekend, uh, as I know you never take any days off. Delivering winners here. Absolutely delivering winners. And I think most people can tune in the show and be like, somebody's playing the Grinch, somebody's playing Santa today. And it's not hard to figure out who's playing what. This green is not by mistake. The Grinch, my favorite Christmas movie (laughs) there ever was. Shout out to Jim Carrey. What an absolute rock star. Let's talk about some MVP candidates that have big games coming this week. We'll begin with the MVP favorite in Pat Mahomes as he's going to go up against the Seattle Seahawks. He'll do so as a 10-point favorite. Work with me here, Donnie, right? You're in the room. And they say, hey, we need to make a spread on on Chiefs Seahawks. And do you, do you just get a hearty chuckle to yourself knowing that you can make this line double digits and people somehow seemingly are still going to bet the Kansas City Chiefs laying these numbers? I think very highly of Kansas City. I don't think you think low of them, and I think you often tell people there's nothing scarier than trying to you know, think to yourself, ooh, I'm going to pick them to lose. But it's never about picking them to lose. It's not when they play the Cincinnati's, the Buffalo's of the world. It's these spots that they never cover. I have seen nothing from the Chiefs that gives me a moment of hesitation on taking 10 points here. Let's see if Seattle figure it out. I don't know how they're going to cover Right? They're injured. They're on the road. It's bad weather. I don't care. They'll find a way to keep this within the 10 because that's how every single game goes where the Chiefs lay a big number. 
Yes, and sometimes you have to scratch your head and say, let's take a look at what this game means. Are we in a dome? Are we playing in San Diego? Are we playing in Miami? No, we're not. We're playing in Kansas City. Hey, Don, look at this, man. It's not going to be any snow on the ground. Not going to be any rain in the forecast. They could get after it here. That total is listed at 49 right now, which is actually up from 48 and a half at the opening number at the FanDuel Sportsbook. But did anybody come in and say, hey, by the way, Donnie, it's going to be minus nine real feel at kickoff. Minus nine. Last time, we told you yesterday, hey, Air Force is a great play. Freezing cold conditions. One team wants to run the football. Baylor doesn't want to. And look how that turned out. Did I miss it? Is Kansas City the leaders in the NFL at running the football? Did they get Derrick Henry? Do they have Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley as backup running backs? What did I miss here in this environment? Because you're right. This number is sitting at 10 as if Kansas City is just going to roll out here in sub-zero temperatures, Kevin, and roll up and down the field. They like to pass the football. It's freezing cold. It's more advantageous to keep it on the ground. Oh, Isaiah Pacheco, he's really going to get after it. And I understand the Seattle defense isn't very good. And Tyler Lockett is going to miss this football game. But you've got to be kidding me here. You're right, Kevin. When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, will they win this game? Yes. But are you feeling confident in the fourth quarter when you're up seven points that either A, Kansas City is going to extend this or say, this is fine. It is absolutely freezing. It is a holiday. Let's not get anybody injured and move on with our victory here. But those numbers, as we like to say, Kevin, are there for a reason. They're favored by 10 because they are the better football team. But if this game was played in 65-degree temperatures, maybe you could see Kansas City running Seattle up a flagpole. But real feel of close to minus 10 degrees at kickoff. Come on, man. Yeah, which is freezing, and I know you've been looking towards the under quite a bit in this football game. I just, the, the Chiefs have covered three times this season as a favorite. Week one against Arizona, they laid six. They won by a billion. They, it was pick them with them being a slight favorite against the Niners. They did win by a billion. And then they laid nine and a half to Jacksonville, and they won the football game by 10. All of these other big spots... They just don't cover. Even that game against the Rams closed 16. They won by 16. I'm not saying the numbers are bad. It's just, we. I think for me, the again, the final, the last stand was that game against Denver, where it was very obvious that the Chiefs had too much offensive firepower for Denver. You lay the number with the Chiefs. It's 27-0, and the game ends 34-28. Denver covers and legitimately had a chance to win a football game if Russell Wilson doesn't get injured. But we talk about the MVP race, and with you thinking under, with the way the weather is, maybe the Chiefs win the game. Maybe it's Mahomes with a down game. Maybe instead of 303, it's 215 and and one, right? And, and how much could that change the conversation, DRS, is – if we get a Chiefs win, but it's not what Mahomes has been all year long, which is 300 yards a game and three total touchdowns. I, I agree. I, I don't think it's going to be that way. I don't think it can be that way because usually the yeah. only time we get to see this stuff is right in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and, oh, I can handle the cold weather. But teams that aren't used to playing in sub-Arctic temperatures, there is going to be a relay. Like, what would be more surprising to you in this football game, Kevin? The game stays under, Mahomes throws for 203 yards, and they walk away with a 10-point victory, right? Ooh, that's a nice performance. Or do you just think it's going to be an aerial assault on both sides in these temperatures? I just can't say. Uh, people don't understand. 
catching the football. Go ahead and run a slant pass with Patrick Mahomes throwing you a rock and see how your hands feel. How about if you're a kicker mm-hmm. lining up for a 40-yard field goal? Your foot might shatter. The, your shoe might go farther than the football actually goes. And also, being tackled. I always bring this point up this week, Kevin, because everybody thinks about the advancements in the NFL. Ooh, every stadium is either domed or they have a heated field. It's only one heated field. It's in Green Bay, which means this field, yes, will be tarp before the game. But if you're telling me minus 5, minus 10 degrees real, real feel with windshield, the second half, it's going to feel like you are getting tackled on asphalt out there. Incredible pain. It is... Not ideal temperatures, though I, I'm not sure the people of Chicago will feel uh, poorly for those in Kansas City. Freezing weather here once again between the Bears and the Buffalo Bills. The Chicago Bears are an eight and a half point home underdog total here, 40 and a half. The Bears plus the points is tempting because, again, typically DRS this season, when you grab, you know, over a touchdown in your own building this year, it has worked fantastic. But Talk me out of betting over 40 and a half. I look at this Bears defense. They're so bad. Aren't shouldn't the Bills score 30 here? No. And I don't think it's their fault, Kevin. We just talked about a game that's going to be minus five, minus six real feel. Let's up the ante in this one, Kevin. Chicago, real feel at kickoff, minus 15 degrees. Now, yes, we have two running quarterbacks, which is what you would want. But this just is like Kansas City. Because you're going to have 25 mile an hour sustained wins. So ask yourself this question. It's going to be, you don't even want your hands to be exposed out here, let alone catch a pass 15 yards down the field. So, Mm -hmm. yes, the quarterbacks will run the football, and so will the running games, which might actually benefit the Chicago Bears. Montgomery's a strong runner, and Justin Fields certainly can run for over 100 yards. But if I'm looking at this game from a perspective of how do you get points, they don't come from field goals, Kevin. What do they come from? Like, there's going to be no long pass. How are you going to drop back the pass? You can't feel your hands. Ooh, one-on-one coverage. Let me throw a Mm 50-yard pass downfield in the 25-mile-an-hour winds, even if it's with you. How do you even judge it at this point? I just see this game here, and this is a tough spot. Because, again, if you put this game in Chicago in September, Kevin, 55-degree temperatures, 10-mile-an-hour winds, the Buffalo Bills absolutely blast the Chicago Bears. But this is Bears weather here. They're going to be built for this. Their defense isn't very good. But if you can say, hey, you know what? Let's put eight or nine in the box every single play and spy Josh Allen. Where do the maniac points come from in this game? Because, again, you're not lining up from 48 yards to kick a field goal here. Heck, Kevin, you might be a 35-yard field goal on fourth and four going, we're not kicking this. Yeah, and that obviously could get very weird. We know this. And say, hey, we're just going to go for fourth and fourth, 30. Well, if the Bills are good enough about it and they pick it up, then that's fantastic, right? Because then all of a sudden, hey, maybe we'll put up touchdowns instead of field goals. I believe you were going through these numbers the other day. I don't know if it was here on the early line or if it was on money line, though, but the worst run defenses in football. Aren't both of these teams right near the bottom? I just, yeah. It just feels like it sets up for what these teams are actually capable of here in this spot. But I'm trying to be very, very cautious of the weather. This might be the exception for me on the slate compared to everything else. Also, Justin Fields is 2-1 to one in an anytime touchdown score, uh, which I do think is a tempting number. Uh, he had a six-game touchdown streak sla- snapped last week against the Birds, but narrowly, uh, he initially was ruled uh, with a touchdown. Last MVP. So, again, so we've got Mahomes, horrendous weather, nightmare situation, mm-hmm. just a win, yep. give him credit. 
You've got Josh Allen in Chicago. Weather, horrendous. If he gets a win, good for him. Well, you tell me, Joe Burrow's making his way to Foxborough. I don't remember the last time Foxborough was viewed as a, you know, Caribbean island, which is essentially, I feel like, what anything will be viewed after those last two games. Or maybe Foxborough is just the same. What are we expecting here between the New England Patriots and the Cincinnati Bengals, and will Joe Burrow be allowed to throw the football in this weather? Yeah, balmy temperatures here, Kevin. Real feel kickoff here, three degrees. Woo-hoo! Get to the beach, people, at this point. So I guess yeah. if you're looking from a standpoint, Bill Belichick has to love this, doesn't he? Well, the other team has a quarterback. I don't have a quarterback. The other team has an offense. I don't have an offense. So what's my best pathway to victory? Hopefully it's so cold that we, nobody can do anything. And then on Monday morning, Kevin will say, wow, Bill Belichick's greatest schemer of all time. He didn't let Mac Jones do a pass. They won 3-2 to two in this game. Congratulations, sensational stuff. Like, is that what we're expecting from the Patriots? Who in the right mind outside? Because you have to have an offense, Kevin, that can exploit a defense. I do think Cincinnati's defense is a little bit vulnerable. Losing two pass rushers, or maybe at least one of those pass rushers is not going to play. The other one's going to play with a broken wrist. And if anybody, Kevin, like yourself, has worked on the line of scrimmage, good luck using all of your moves when you can't use one of your hands here to sort of grip, pull, rip around, and make some plays or even sack a quarterback. So this weather does favor New England, but I can't bet New England. Like, especially even after that last game that they just had one of the dumbest plays in NFL history, I don't think this offense is going to be able to keep up with Cincinnati. And what does that mean? What's the max for New England, Kevin? 17 points? Cincinnati should win this game. Cincinnati should win this game. I told you, though, I did not think they would sweep the Brady-Belichick back-to-back. I I don't know what to do with the fact, though, that they should have lost to the Bucs. Now, I don't mean robbery, luck. I mean, you're down 17-0 on the road. You're supposed yeah. to lose the football game. Simple Correct. as. That, that was the letdown spot for Cincinnati. So I, I'm still going back and forth in my head on... Did they basically have their bad game, make it through with a win, and now they just might run away from the New England Patriots here? I still have my hesitations as much as I think the Patriots have an overrated defense. I have my hesitations about laying a field goal against Belichick on the road. That It just is not my favorite approach to a game. Quickly, though, DRS, as we've now kind of talked about these three candidates and the, the games going on here, is basically the winner of the week Jalen Hurts then? Because he's not playing and certainly not playing that in like four-degree weather and all of these guys are going to have subpar football games? Yeah, imagine that. The winner of the week is going to be that doesn't play and it's actually beneficial if his football team actually loses the game overall in order for him to win MVP. Just where we stand at this point, but you're right. This is a great week here for Jalen Hurts if the other two guys don't perform and also the Eagles don't perform. Mahomes out of the starting gates for this week, minus three. We will check in to see where that is at next week. But don't go anywhere. We've got a little bowl preview coming up right here on Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Two bowl games today to get involved with here. We've got Houston against Louisiana Lafayette. Houston is a touchdown favorite. Total is 56 and a half. And then we've got Sam Hartman potentially playing his last game at Wake Forest against Mizzou. Wake Forest is a two and a half point favorite. Total for that one is 58 and a half. Some thoughts from you, DRS, on uh, either of these games or both of these games for tonight? Yeah, what a surprise in this one, too. Bowl season. Everybody gets to go down. Some sun and fun. Relax. Have some parties. Yeah, how about this one? 23 degrees in Shreveport, Louisiana tonight. Almost a similar feel, Kevin, to what we had in that Air Force game last night where Baylor was like, hey, it's really cold out in Air Force. Like, yeah, we'll eat this up. An easy victory for the Air Force Falcons yesterday. This game, I actually look towards, and we're talking about the first game, the uh, Raging Cajuns and the Cougars. I'll lean towards the under. It's just really cold temperatures out here, Kevin. This number is going to be in the high 50s as you take a look at the marker up there on the TV screen, 56 and a half. I'll lean under. I don't really have a a side I love in this one because I would have liked it a little bit more if we're taking a look saying, hey, one team rushes the ball better than the other team. But looking at the statistics, Kevin, Raging Cajuns, a buck 42 on the ground. How about Houston? Same thing, a buck 42 on the ground. So no real layout for me other than it's freezing cold. I'm going to lean on the under 56 and a half. Yeah, I understand that. I, I think the Louisiana team total is interesting when you kind of compare when you combine a couple of things. Uh, Houston was ten and two to the over this season, which is the best percentage in college football, but they could not cover any numbers as a favorite on the year. And Holgerson's horrific against the number in bowl games, just two and seven. He cares about him as much as Donnie does. It feels like mm. a spot where a twenty-three and a half on Louisiana could provide some opportunity. Again, as far as that Wake Forest and Mizzou game, one thing that. It, I mean, it's a good thing, right? But it did make me chuckle a bit. Is remember when we were supposed to have Sam Hartman, like miss maybe the whole season before the year? Yeah. And now Sam Hartman is one of the few quarterbacks that doesn't know if he wants to transfer portal it up, go to the draft, and he's sitting here playing at a bowl game. It's just, it's kind of bizarre. Yeah, he could be the new Chris Wanky. Played till he's thirty apparently in college football. But if the money is right now, why not stay? Yeah. I like the over in this game. I think we get some points. All right, how about it? We go over to hour number two, Christmas Slate in the NBA. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.